0: Hello and welcome to Star
1: Trek Comic Book Review with Donovan and Ken, episode number two sixty six, recorded May seventh, twenty seventeen. Today we're doing some more Green Lantern. Yes, Green Lantern and what's left of the Lantern
0: Corps. Right. So a continuation of last year's great uh, Star Trek Green Lantern crossover. So they, uh, they they continued it. So it's it's not quite the Chris Pine uh, version of. Star Trek but it's close exactly and it's not quite the uh, the normal DC universe that we're used to but it's close exactly so it's uh, similar parallel dimensions whatever right so right so even in this it'll it it kind of I kind of wish that it was more into the the actual Canon of the the Star Trek and they could have maybe brought in some characters that Introduced in the comic books, but not necessarily the movie. But, mm. uh, but, uh, but it's good. I'm yeah. enjoying this series as much as I enjoyed the last one.
1: Yeah, I find it's pretty good too, especially since they brought a specific character in from the movies, which is right. uh, interesting. Interesting choice.
0: Right. Yep. Yep. Very good. I'm, I was happy when that happened. Yes. Which uh, we'll talk about when it actually happens. Exactly. So we, we will get to it. By the third issue. Yeah, it'll be in these three issues, so don't you yeah. worry, listeners. <laughs> You'll know what we're talking about soon. Exactly. But not if you, you don't already.
1: If you I haven't already that. read these issues.
0: Yeah, you definitely need to read these issues, because uh, they, are, they are good. They are. I was always, as a kid, I'm always a sucker for the crossover, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Batman fighting Hulk and Spider-Man, that's great. Yeah, of course. Take my money, I'm, I'm going to buy that. Exactly. Uh, and then, and then you know, '90s was the huge. Everybody had to cross over with everybody. Uh, decade and and it's never really stopped since. And right. And I just eat it up. E- even series that I don't buy, you know, like Archie and Sharknado. Hell yeah, I'm <laughs> reading that.
1: <laughs> I was about to comment on uh, if you have a crossover within the Marvel universe, that's fine. You know, no problem. I mean, some of them actually live in New York. I mean, a disproportionate number of them live in New York, so you'd expect them to come across each other. company crossovers. Exactly. But uh, some of the crossovers these days are
0: way out there.
1: Like, how the heck is that going to
0: happen? But still, it's all good. Well, the Predator crossover with Archie was actually quite good. I like that Now that's a good example of going extreme. Right, which I think is funny because I mean that's obviously what what uh, Archie is doing, and they they done it in the '90s. There was a uh, Archie Punisher crossover, and so I mean they get it, they they get they know where their you know their normal stories are, uh-huh. and it seems like they get the joke and and they're in on the joke when they do these crossovers with you know characters that should not ever exist in a wholesome '50s type. <laughs> uh, suburb franchise that uh, yes. that uh, Archie normally lives in. Exactly.
1: <laughs> but somehow they make it work.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Which uh and and so in regards to recently, I mean, uh especially with IDW and stuff like that. I mean, they've been crossing over you know, they they crossed over Star Trek with Planet of the Apes, Star Trek with Doctor Who, Star Trek with uh you know, Green Lantern. So, I mean, IDW, I think, is doing a good job of doing crossovers in, in a good way, right? None of it seems like it's a joke, kind of like the Archie stuff was. But, right. uh, I mean, it all seems like, oh, well, of course this, this of course this fits, and it's a good story. And <sighs> I can't think of when, I mean, of all these crossovers, was there ever one that you were like, yeah, hey, I wish they kind of wouldn't have done that?
1: Uh, no, but, you know, I don't know. The Star Trek uh, X-Men. Uh, the Marvel one. The Marvel one. It was like, do you really need to do this? I don't know. Anyway,
0: yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say that was probably the weakest of the crossovers too, but, but then I was like, well, that's not, that wasn't IDW, so. No, no, no. But I'm just talking in general. Yeah, I mean, even the Legion of Superheroes, which was kind of a stretch because, I don't know, it was kind of like it's the future of the DC universe, right? Which is a farther future than the Star Trek universe. A lot and, further. But, uh, but even that one, I thought worked.
1: Yeah.
0: Yep. So, But anyway, so yeah, we got to Star Trek Green Lantern Stranger Worlds number one through three today. Right. Uh, Star Trek Green Lantern Volume 2. So that's I, what I call it, but is that what's actually on the book anywhere?
1: I think they're calling it Volume 2. Okay. At least, uh, I think, when you go to the
0: comic book sites. Yeah, like I said, that's what I call it, but but I think everywhere else it's just listed... Well, like in comicsology, it's really confusing because they just call it Star Trek Green Lantern number one. Well, oh, that's and it, confusing. Last year, they also called that series Star Trek Green Lantern number one. So yeah. when you like purchase it and you look at it in your, your, your catalog, it just says you have Star Trek Green Lantern number one and Star Trek Green Lantern number one. <laughs> and you just, oh, which one's which?
1: Exactly. That's not good. Don't agree with that. You need to keep our, our collections clean and uniquely
0: identified. Yeah, give, give a little bit more explanation there. But you know, in their defense, if you look at the title page on the book itself, all it does is say Star Trek slash Green Lantern number one, yep. December 2016. So yep. and they, they they only work with what they get. And if that's what IDW is calling it, then that's what they'll call it too, I guess. Right. I wonder if it but says, anyways.
1: Yeah, I wonder if it says anything in the titles area with all the small fine print.
0: No, that's, where, that's what I'm talking about. That's the oh. small print. Oh, and the inside cover, you're saying? Yeah, yeah, the inside cover. No, the front cover says Stranger Worlds, which is the subtitle for Volume 2. Right. Ready? Anyhow, enough about numbering. You want to talk about the book itself?
1: Let's do the book,
0: Number 1. You don't want to start with Number 3? No, I don't. Oh, okay. All right, so uh, I get to do the uh, synopsis for Number 1. This, again, came out December of 2016. It's uh, written by Mike Johnson, uh, art by Angel Hernandez. Uh, the book says that the colors are by Alejandro Sanchez, but in reality, the colorist was Mike Mark Roberts. Uh, in issue three, they they make the correction and say Mark Roberts has been the colorist the whole time. Sorry. So, uh, the letters is by Anne World Design. Uh, production design is Neil Utaki. Edited by IDW Publishing's uh, Chris Searcy and Sarah Gados And DC Entertainment's Jim Chadwick and Michael McAllister. So there is four covers for this one. So the main cover is by Angel Hernandez. Uh, it's kind of... Two pictures on top of each other with the Enterprise kind of flying in between them. So the above picture shows Sinestro standing in front of a several uh, green, oops, several yellow glowing Klingon warriors. And then, like I said, the Enterprise is kind of about waist level of Sinestro. And then below that, we see Hal Jordan, Spock, John Stewart, and Captain Kirk. And then there's the RI cover, which is also by Angel Hernandez. Uh, this one is like a selfie. So everybody's kind of crowded in. Uh, Green Lantern's holding his hand out as if he's the one taking the picture. And it has uh, characters from Star Trek kind of in the middle. You see Ahura, uh, Spock, and Kirk. And then surrounding them clockwise is the DC characters. Star Sapphire, Kilowog, Hal Jordan, John Stewart, Saint Walker, and Guy Gardner. The uh, sketch cover is just white. So, uh, nothing there yet, but you can take it to your favorite artist to get whatever you want. And then the subscription cover is by Rachel Scott, I'm sorry, Rachel Stott, and it shows Sinestro crushing a small, yellow construct uh, model of the Enterprise. All right, so the story starts with Guy Gardner at Starfleet Academy showing off what the Power Ring is capable of, and explaining the events of the last Green Lantern Star Trek crossover to a bunch of eager-eyed cadets. While flying around the auditorium, his Ring's power gives out, and he would have fallen onto his head if not for Kilowog, who catches him mid-air in a green-constructed crane. Later, Guy... Kilowog and John Stewart are leaving the Academy and discussing that all of their rings are dying due to not having a lantern to recharge them with. Kilowog also states that he hopes somewhere out there in this galaxy is his own home planet. Since, uh, since there's an Earth, why not his planet as well? Good question, Kilowog. Elsewhere, the Enterprise is busy saving a bunch of people from a space station that is in the middle of a meteor shower. Hal Jordan and Star Sapphire are there to assist, flying around through space, creating various colorful things to help. Uh, It's all very colorful and a very exciting, several pages, um, with lots of uh, pink and green hued things. Suddenly, the two ringed heroes' uh, power fades out, and the two heroes would have died in the vacuum of space, but uh, fortunately, Kirk is able to beam them back to the ship before they die. Later in sickbay, McCoy is checking out Anne Ferris, who's also known as Star Sapphire, uh, to see if she has any injuries because she was at one time hit full on with a meteor. She seems to be doing well, and suddenly Scotty bursts into the sickbay, and the two share an embrace and kiss. McCoy asks if he's the last one to know about this relationship, and Scotty tells the good doctor that he's actually the first. Back in Kirk's office, Hal and Kirk discuss what will happen once all of the rings are completely depleted. Hal is concerned that his days of being a hero are limited. Ahura contacts the captain to inform him of a distress call from the last location of the Blue Lantern Saint Walker. Kirk orders the ship to head over to that last location. Meanwhile, on Quonos, Emperor Sinestro is really monologuing it up to remind us readers about how different his yellow power ring is to the Green Lanterns. But he does also say that it also needs to be recharged and it's dying. And uh, there's no way he can get to the alternate universe where the Yellow Lanterns are powered from in the DC universe. Soon, some Klingon subjects bring him a gift. And that is an unconscious Saint Walker. Ah, it's good to be the Emperor. On some abandoned planet out in the Beta Quadrant, Kirk... Hal Jordan, Spock, and two red shirts sporting the cool white rings that Scotty created in the last series beam down to the planet. They investigate, and they find the remains of a humanoid-looking robot. Hal immediately recognizes it as a Manhunter, which were the Guardian of the Universe's first creation of a galaxy-wide police force before they created the Green Lantern Corps. They discover that this Manhunter is actually from the Star Trek universe and did not somehow come over from the DC universe. So this proves that the Guardians and Oa must also exist in this universe. Before they can return to the ship, Sinestro and an army of repelling Klingons descend from some attack ships above them. To be continued. Whoa. So we got Klingons
1: coming down on cables again. That's a pretty cool shot at the end, the last page. Yeah. And then Sinestro. Did, did Sinestro uh, wield a, a yellow
0: construct bat lift Yep. In, yep. The, in the volume one? Oh, in the volume one? Uh, I don't know. Probably. I don't know. Maybe not. Because he looks pretty cool. Yeah, it looks really cool. Yeah. yeah. Hm. It doesn't really make sense when you're repelling to have a... Uh, a Batleth Batleth as your I know <laughs> I would much rather
1: have a a gun I'd rather have a gun anyway, anyway you look at it, I'd rather have a gun right anyway,
0: whatever they're Klingons. it just looks cool it does look cool, but still okay, well, I'm not a big fan of the uh the new version of the Batleth, which has all the extra spikes and stuff on it uh-huh, it almost looks like a trident, like a double ended trident with a right. uh, with a blade in the middle yep.
1: Yeah, I think the traditional uh, wharf style is a lot mm-hmm. more um, reasonable. I mean, at least all the, the sharp, pointy things are pointed outward from yeah, when you're right. using it. I think it's a lot safer. But yeah, this one has whatever. stuff poking in. Yeah, I mean, look... Okay, so look at Sinestro. If he, if he moves his hands in on the blade, you know, towards the two hands coming together, boom! Yep. He spikes He's his hands. I don't, yep. I don't think that's good. I mean... I wouldn't even want to get a prick from those things, much less, uh, you know, a serious injury. Right. Anyway. So, um, I thought the idea of uh, Guy Gardner briefing Starfleet cadets on the events in Volume 1 was a bit odd. But at least it kind of brought people up to speed if they didn't read Volume 1. Right. So So I thought it was actually kind of cool. I liked it a lot. I know. But it's like... Okay, so show-offy, Guy Gardner, that's his thing. He's kind of mouthy. Right. So I guess that's good that he was doing it. But, um, but it set things up well, but it's like, I mean, do the cadets care that much? I don't know. It just seemed kind of odd.
0: Right. Yeah, right. And of all the fantastical stuff that they have seen, uh, this seems like almost kind of gaudy kind of thing about yeah. some, some guy flying around in green pajamas and <laughs> – <laughs> making lions and stuff out of there. Right. And above them. Right. So I got a question yes. uh, speaking of the lions and the cranes and stuff like that and batlets. Mm. So <clears throat> you were a fan of Green Lantern when you were a kid. That when was I, like yeah, was, that uh, was like your hero. Uh that that was one that of my so first forward, ones.
1: Right. Yeah, definitely Green Lantern was one of my first earliest uh heroes that I liked. Right.
0: So so you were good with the light construct type stuff when i was a kid yeah although i gotta say the way they handled it
1: in the green lantern movie was kind of like what what is that hot wheels is he using hot wheels it's like oh well, yeah there was a hot wheels yeah <laughs> it was because they had a tie-in with mattel yeah okay there you go there you go <laughs> you got to make your money
0: um yeah sometimes the constructs are a little ridiculous. Right. Well, they always were. And that was kind of like the the charm of the old ones is that, you know, I'll make a giant catcher's mitt to catch the people falling out of the the building. Exactly. Right. (laughs) All right. So you're okay with hard light there, but you always have a problem with uh, holodecks. Wait a minute. This is energy. This is ring energy. It's not just light. Okay. (laughs) OK. Right, what, what are you choices. laughing about? This is
1: ring energy. This is magical. Right. No, it's not magical. Sure, it is. Owen technology. It's just technology you don't understand, Ken.
0: Right. Yes. Right.
1: Yes. Well, okay. So, Green Lantern is obviously the whole concept is very comic booky, and you make up whatever you want to in comic books, pretty much. So, right. Star Trek tries to be a little more realistic but whatever. Mm. Yes, I I do I do still have a problem with holodecks. And I still want a better explanation of how transporters work.
0: good point. Yeah, I wish they would have kind of ex- I wish they would have made some sort of a analogy to the the light constructs in the holodeck, but I guess this version of Star Trek shouldn't have holodecks yet. Not yet. Although they have replicators. Do they? Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Well, okay. In the movies, do we ever see... No. Kirk getting something out no. of a dispenser that isn't Earl Grey? Uh, Kirk, no. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So they're mixing a little bit, perhaps, maybe, of Next Gen in with that statement. Right. Hmm. Yep. I, I, so you didn't catch that then? I did not catch that.
0: But that's a good point. That's a very good point. They shouldn't. Kellogg shouldn't be able to do that. Right. Yeah. He was talking about how he made clothes that fit him because the replicator could just make it bigger.
1: Oh, right, 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 right.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe
1: they had a replicator technology for like non-organic kind of things first. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe. Who knows? Because
0: that's based on transporter technology, right? Well, if it's transported technology, then isn't it just beaming it from one place to another? Not necessarily creating it? Well, what I think is once you've got a pattern, I mean, this is the thing that always
1: bugged me about transporters. Once you've got, once you've really got a good enough pattern of somebody or something that you can just move to another location and you destroy the first version, because you can't have two of them sitting around, well, why don't you skip the destroying part and just. Just start make clone. anything you want, Uh as long as you've got the pattern. Mm. And that's what I thought replicator technology was based on. But
0: interesting. Anyway,
1: mm. so when when Scott when it was first shown that Scotty was dating Star Sapphire, right. uh It was like what? <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. Come on! What Scotty? I mean. Nice enough man, decent looking, I suppose. But there's other options that might be a little bit more, you know, a little more manly. But but she is an engineer, Carol. Yeah. So okay. then after Carol, I thought about why it, why
0: did I keep calling her Ann?
1: I don't know. Whoops. But uh, you know, when I started thinking about it more, and she did mention something about uh, well, as the, you know, the CEO of uh, Ferris Engineering or whatever, and I was like, oh yeah, she's an engineer, isn't she? Okay. I guess that makes more sense. They have more in
0: common. They can talk. Engineering right. stuff. Oh, now I feel bad. I, feel, I kept calling her Anne. Shoot. I got to return my DC card. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't call her Anne in the in the synopsis, did you? I did. Oh, I, I didn't catch that. Anne Harris, also known as Star Sapphire. Oh, Why? okay. Where did I even get that name from? I don't know. <sighs> Stupid me. All right. I always called her Carol. Okay. Uh, That's the way I want you to remember it, Ken. Oh yeah, okay, okay gotcha. Okay, oh,
1: it'll be our little secret. You and the and the the dozens of people listening, or viewing right, audience. Right. Okay.
0: So I don't. You, I know you don't watch it, but there's a show called Powerless on NBC right now. I have not seen Ho- that. Yet. Hopefully, it'll stay on, but uh, not looking well. But it's funny because anytime they talk about uh, airlines and things like that, um, you'll see Ferris. Ferris Air and stuff like that. Oh, cool! As the, <laughs> as the airline of choice, right, right. Which I guess they do that in uh, in the Green Lantern, or I'm sorry, the Green Arrow TV shows and stuff too. You'll see airplanes, and it'll have Ferris Air on, on oh, the side and stuff I'd like never that. Never noticed that. Yeah. Anyways, so um, I
1: forgot it. Uh, Alan to Duck or whatever. Right. He Tuduk- spoke- there you go. He's supposed to be some real superhero's
0: brother or uh he plays uh Vanderbilt Va- La- La- Vanderbilt Wayne. Oh Vanderbilt uh, Bruce Wayne. Wayne's cousin. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. His far removed cousin that uh that he that he works for uh he works for Wayne Security in this 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 uh little little town and he, he his dream is to be able to go to Work in the, in the main office at uh, in in Gotham. In Gotham, okay, okay. And, but he's incompetent, so he ends up getting stuck at this little, <sighs> little, little, little offshoot of Wayne Enterprise. Yeah, okay, it, it's a funny show. It's okay. really funny. Uh, I'll I'll have to catch that now.
1: Yeah. Okay, so back to the book. Back to the book. Yes. Okay, so the revelation that manhunters are native to this Star Trek parallel universe. mm Hmm. And thus, by extension, the Guardians and even Oa
0: is kind of interesting. Well, I thought it was interesting when Kilowog brought it up at the beginning. Like, you know, if there's an Earth in this universe, why can't there be my home well, planet? And for, I'm like, well, yeah. very good reason. Very, for, very foreshadowing good reason. right there. Right. Exactly. So hopefully there's a Krypton and uh you know uh, all the other planets that are also in the DC universe. Yeah. Exactly. But the thing is if all of
1: that's there, uh oh uh you know the guardians whatever uh maybe Kilowog's planet then shouldn't there be another Kilowog and another Hal Jordan?
0: And well, but another Spectre? J- yeah, but they would have all died 200 years ago. Remember there from the <laughs> Past. They're from the Earth's past. Good point. Good point. Good point. Mm. Right. So yeah. So it's weird that you know this is this is Hal Jordan's future right. alternate universe, but still two hundred years in his future. Right. Uh, and yet the uh, the Guardians are thousands of years less technologically advanced than they were when when Hal Jordan was alive in the right. in the. 2000s so these manhunters are like a thousand years in the past yeah yeah a long time ago wow okay yeah because the guardians are immortal so right at the beginning they tried to create this uh, this robot police force right which didn't go well okay and then they created the green lanterns okay a thousand years ago okay well maybe even longer than that maybe yeah you know they always just throw out numbers and you exactly that was a long time ago okay let's just say they were there at the the guardians were there at the big bang so uh oh they they, really? they go back ways yeah wow uh okay like 5 billion years ago
1: or whatever wow. right 4 or 5 billion hmm interesting so well just i'm just curious now so <laughs> they were actually there sentient beings at the big bang or they came out incredibly fast after the big
0: bang yeah i don't know i I know that i have seen the the depictions of the guardians watching the big bang happen so oh wow i i can't remember if it was like a flashback or if it was a time travel thing now that you now that you got me thinking about it right i don't know i don't remember huh okay they've been around a long time yeah you ain't kidding that's a long time (laughs) and and you know it's not like they're a whole race of people there's only like a dozen of them or so right. so just just some little blue dudes hanging off in a, in a green planet cool cool okay which okay so so speaking of oa and i'm just mm-hmm. going to throw this out here uh, since since they are kind of bringing it up if, if oa does exist in the dc universe oa is the center of the universe Ah, the universe so wow i was thinking that maybe how there do you figure
1: out. how do you figure that navigation
0: so wow. Was, uh, well, at first I was thinking, well, maybe they could somehow tie in like, uh, uh, you know, where no man has gone before type mm. stuff into this, but that right. was the center was of galaxy, the galaxy, right? Milky Way, yeah, right. Yeah. So that, I guess that really wouldn't fit. All right, never mind. I thought I was onto something there for a second. Well, <laughs> now <laughs> I know how it. I mean, now I know why it's so far
1: beyond uh, the Enterprise's capabilities. Right. Yeah. You know, it's kind of yeah. When us.
0: you think of the Green Lantern Corps. You know, it, it has to cover the whole universe, not just which, the galaxy. Which
1: is really big. <laughs> I right. mean, you see a fair number of lanterns every once in a while. You know, when they, you kind of see them together, it's like, oh, that's a lot of green lanterns. But if they're really policing the universe, wow, that would need, you'd need a lot of them. You'd need a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So um, interesting that Kirk and crew are mostly wearing uniforms from beyond.
0: Well, and hairstyles from beyond, yeah. Yeah. Oh, hair st- I didn't yeah, really yeah. notice the hairstyles. Yeah, Kirk's hair. So who's hair got different hair? Beyond always bothered me. Oh, really? Yeah, he suddenly started parting it the other way, and this Kirk has his hair parted that way too.
1: Oh. Hmm.
0: It I just I don't recall that. Okay. Okay. Cool. Well, he has beyond hair and he's wearing beyond uniform. Yeah, definitely beyond. But I the wonder beyond. did the events uh, of Beyond happen cuz obviously they well, can't cuz there's the Enterprise. Yeah,
1: and also because of what we know from Guy Gardner and Company, that group mm-hmm. um, it really hasn't been that long since the events of Volume 1 of this comic. Right. So that must mean that since like four or five years or how some number of years happened since the end of uh, In the Darkness and beyond. You know, some number of years lapsed. Right. Therefore, um, Khan would have happened like four or five years ago uh, before Volume 1 happened. Since, boom, hey, we got new uniforms. Right. In, right. Like, in like, what, a half a year or less? You know, right. a, a month or two, I don't know, but I'm just pointing out. It just – I mean, it's fine that they're switching into the new uniforms that make – that kind of is cooler looking. I, I, I like the new uniforms, um, but it just seems like kind of a, a head-scratching shift of uh, continuity
0: a right. little bit. Yeah, I don't know. Just phasing them in like they, like they phased in the pajamas <laughs> from the old ones. I don't know. Right, right. I don't know. Then you also got to think of the – just somebody pulling it off the shelf that's maybe not necessarily a big Star Trek fan but a Green Lantern fan. Mm -hmm. You know, The last movie they saw, they were wearing these uniforms, so they would expect them to look the same. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Speaking of uniforms, if Mm -hmm. I may, I was
1: looking at the cover, the main cover, and it's got Guy Gardner in there.
0: Um, I think this one is the one that has Guy Gardner in there. uh, on The cover. Guy Gardner's not on the cover. Uh, he's on the selfie cover. Is that the one you're talking about? No. Uh, issue number one, Stranger
1: Worlds. It shows uh, – oh, I'm not, not Guy Gardner. Um, John Stewart. Okay, yeah, yeah. I might say Jon Stewart. So we got John Stewart standing there looking stalwart, and then we got Hal Jordan. And I'm just looking at their outfits and stuff. So their uniforms are different. Yep. No two ways about that. Um, Stewart apparently never wears a mask. Hal does. Right. Um, but they both have the white glowy eyes. Yeah. Um, so that's compare and contrast, that's kind of interesting. I mean, uh John Stewart came later in time than Hal Jordan, but Okay, so they don't have quite they're not really quite uniforms. I mean they look kind of sort of in general way similar, but there's distinct differences. Yeah. A- and some some of them wear masks and some of them don't. Well really it just seems like Hal Jordan wears a mask. Anyway, um, and Guy Gardner doesn't seem to ever have a mask, and I don't remember—at least I don't recall—seeing him with glowy uh, silver eyes.
0: Right, no, he doesn't.
1: Okay, so I'm just—I'm just interested in the differences.
0: So yeah, well, what's cool about um, um, how not Hal Jordan, John Stewart, uh, his eyes are usually like green, um, like like. That irises the irises and the pupil are usually like a green color Hmm. okay so it's like white and then this like light color of green it's just like a dot right so and and it's like usually i think they show his eyes like that not not quite all the time but like even when he's like in normal human form he always has green eyes even though he didn't naturally have green eyes Mm -hmm. which i always thought was kind of an interesting take but yeah i don't know why i don't know why his he doesn't wear a mask. I guess because he doesn't, he he and Guy don't really have secret identities. No, I I guess not. And then Kilowog doesn't have a mask,
1: right? But there are other lanterns that have masks. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay, that's fine. It just the coolness factor. What looks cool on that guy? Does he look good in mask? Put a mask on. No. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's it's what looks cool. That's cool. Right. Okay. So in regards to the relationship between uh Carol aka Anne mm-hmm. uh yeah. and uh, Scotty. <laughs> okay. Um I, I I'm curious to see where this goes, you know, cuz cause, cause, uh Carol and uh and uh how Jordan obviously have a past. Yes. And she's only the star sapphire because of of him really. So yeah. uh curious to see where they go with this or if, uh, how that all plays out. Right. Good stuff. Looking forward to finishing this series off
1: yeah well obviously hal is not he he looks disturbed by the new romance
0: well at least a little surprised yeah. yes
1: yes well we're all surprised it's like one of those things like you know when you see a gal that is incredibly attractive with a guy that isn't Aww. Why, why is she with him well i was thinking a little bit of that that's because you're mean sorry it's it's he's funny Scotty's funny actually he's prickly
0: I mean right but okay all right anything else for issue number one that's it Uh, my last thing is I didn't like when uh, Green Lantern made a giant tricorder out of his (laughs) ring to scan the the Manhunter that was kind of silly yeah exactly why don't you let Spock do it he's really good at that well and why does he need a giant tricorder Looking green construct. Well,
1: maybe that's just perspective.
0: So maybe the tricorder is like right it's above. Bigger than the Manhunter.
1: Well, it looks like it could be like past the Manhunter and like really <laughs> close to
0: us. But I don't know. Yeah, I think you're, you're, you're stretching it. Well, I'm trying to make things fit. <laughs> all right. Anything else? Nope. All right. Let's move on to number two then, if you don't mind, Ken. I would
1: not mind at all. So we're on number two. And I believe everyone's the same, so I'm not going to go in it, Going into the creative team. So this is uh, issue number two, uh, January 2017 is the published date, and all the creative people are the same. Okay, so there's three covers on this one. Cover A features the Enterprise plunging into a rocky surface to its destruction with yellow energy arcing all over the hull. Sinestro is in the foreground with yellow energy glowing from his hands. So obviously he's responsible. There seems to be a lot of that. Sinestro destroying the Enterprise. Uh, last issue, this issue. Cover art by Angel Hernandez and colors by Mark Roberts. The artist edition cover is black and white and shows Larflees, Sinestro, and Atrocitus standing together and laughing. Over a victim helplessly raising an arm up in futile defense. The arm is clad in a uniform sleeve with captain's rank. Cover by Angel Hernandez. The retailer incentive cover features the lovely ladies of the Enterprise, Ohura and Star Sapphire, shooting beams of light from their phaser and power ring. Art by Jen Bartell. Atrocitus is flying through space in a beam of red light. He is looking for rage to keep his ring alive. He finds it on a barren-looking rock that he lands on. The purest rage I have ever found, he says. Meanwhile, hundreds of light-years away on a rocky planetary surface, a battle is taking place between Kirk's landing party and a contingent of Klingons. To spice things up, Two ring bearers, Sinestro and Hal Jordan, are also fighting high above them. The Klingons and Sinestro are after a non-operational manhunter that Kirk's landing party found. During the fight, Sinestro offers Hal an alliance which Jordan turns down flatly. After a bitter battle, Sinestro and the Klingons get away with the manhunter. Refusing to give up, despite the low power of his ring, Hal pursues Sinestro into space. The two are in a deathlock high above the planet, when the Klingons end the mano mano fight by shooting Hal from one of their ships. Sinestro gets away while the unconscious Hal falls to the ground. Hal is being back to the Enterprise just before splatting onto the planet's surface. Meanwhile, in the San Francisco office of a Starfleet admiral, John Stewart, Guy Gardner, and Kilowog are being shown top-secret footage. Starfleet's most remote and secure station, carved into an asteroid, has been breached by someone the Three Lanterns are familiar with. It's Atrocitus, and the admiral asks the lanterns to join an expedition to the asteroid to deal with the situation. After some initial hesitation by Guy and Kilowog, John Stewart displays his leadership qualities by saying they are lanterns and their oath remains the same. They will do it. Meanwhile on the Enterprise, Hal is up and around. Hal explains why Sinestro wanted the Manhunter robot. It's for confirmation. If the Manhunters exist in this reality, so would their creators, the Guardians of the Universe. The Manhunters' systems may contain information pertaining to the Guardian's progress towards developing a power battery. If Sinestro gets his hands on the power battery ahead of Hal, he will have a long head start towards conquering this reality. Kirk asks about the Manhunters that, in Hal's reality, were the precursors to the Green Lantern Corps. The Manhunters existed hundreds of years before the Corps. Seeing where Kirk is heading, Spock offers a conjecture that events do not necessarily have to progress in the same order or timelines in the various parallel dimensions. Kirk jumps to a new option, saying that if they know where Oa is, they should just go there now. Carol Ferris, star Sapphire, steps off the turbo lift, holding Scotty's hand. She is appropriately dressed in a Starfleet red uniform. Hal is disturbed by the apparent romantic relationship between the Scotsman and his former girlfriend. Carol states that Oa is at the center of the universe and Scotty confirms getting there is beyond the capabilities of the Enterprise. O'Hara reports an incoming transmission from the USS Bryant. It's John Stewart who explains he and the others are assisting Starfleet's response to Atrocious's attack on a remote Starfleet base. Hal tells John of the Manhunter and Sinestro's attack. Oa may exist in this reality. Kilowog cuts in with excitement over the possibility they may be able to recharge their rings at Oa. Carol states that even if Oa exists, none of them have the ability to get there given the low power of their rings and the limitations of current Federation technology. Sinestro and the Klingons have the same limitations. Kirk conjectures Sinestro thinks the Manhunter is the key to getting to Oa, and probably took it back to Kwonos to study it. Heading into Klingon territory is not Kirk's first choice. In that case, Hal suggests, they need to regroup with John and the others and take out Atrocitus once and for all. Kirk agrees and hopes that Sinestro will not make progress with the Manhunter. Cut to Qunos, where Sinestro is working on the Manhunter. He and Larflees banter back and forth. Their conversation confirms they cannot get to Oa via spaceship either. Larflees welcomes the Manhunter back to life, as its eyes are now glowing with green light, and it verbally is reporting on its boot-up process. Meanwhile, at High Warp, on their way to the asteroid station, the Enterprise is intercepted by a large number of fully functional manhunters who land on the ship's hull. Meanwhile, again, at the secret Starfleet asteroid station, the Bryant arrives and beams down three lanterns. They make their way through a huge but ruined security door. They fly into the base, finding nothing but dead Starfleet personnel. They come to a great room with many open man-sized pods. Kilowog conjectures it's some kind of storage facility. But a voice from within the chamber calls it a prison. They turn to see Atrocitus is on the ground and beaten. The speaker holds Atrocitus' ring, and he is backed up by a legion of other similarly dressed humans. They do not recognize the intense and intelligent-looking man, but he introduces himself as Khan Noonian Singh. To be continued. So how did he beat
0: Atrocitus?
1: I don't know. There are a lot of them, and they are supermen. But still, Atrocitus has a power ring, unless the power ring game out gave out in the middle of the battle. Right.
0: Which is possible.
1: It is possible. Yeah, so Khan doesn't have any weapons. I mean, they shouldn't have any weapons. You don't see any weapons. Right. You know, so... But there are a lot of Supermen there, and that is scary. <laughs> I mean, they're all awake.
0: So, Right. I did like the, the thought of uh, the Red Ring somehow finding Khan because he's so fu- full of uh, rage. Yeah, but he's also in suspended stuff. animation. Yeah, that's the part where I'm like, eh, but he should be asleep. Yep. Yeah, uh, that was the part I, I I was a little little iffy about. <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, but yeah. I was thinking about it. You know, last one they brought in Chang from Star Trek Six. Mm-hmm. You know, he he was he was the named Star Trek villain because right. you know Star Trek doesn't have a ton of villains that uh, you know that live.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you go back in time, you don't know where you're popping up.
0: Right. So bringing in Chang early, uh, you know, that was cool, but. uh but I mean, I, I thought it was really cool that they brought in um, Khan because I, like I said, when I was reading the first issue, I really was thinking that somehow they would bring in, um, uh, what's his name, the 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 where no man has gone before guy. What's his name? Oh, Gary uh, Mitchell. Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, that would be a challenge too, but right. But they kind of already did that with uh, the X Men crossover. He was yeah. he was the villain there, so right. So, anyways, cool. I was very happy to see Khan here. What, what was your thoughts?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I was... It's like, oh, my gosh, it's Khan. It's like, wow, that's going to be a big challenge to overcome. Um, I just had a little thing in the back of my head that just was thinking, oh, this is a little gratuitous. But it's also pretty cool. I mean, Khan's a great villain, and this version of Khan... Uh, from into gar- darkness is really uh, <laughs> he's really super, right? Yeah, he's really hard to overcome.
0: Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was I was huge, huge, hugely happy. Uh, but I had some questions as to how they all got thawed out and take take over this. Uh, is it? A, it's a it's a ship, right? Oh uh, no! It's a, it's an asteroid. Asteroid. It's a yeah. hollowed out asteroid. Yeah. So how'd they get out? Did Atrocitus well, wake him up? He must have.
1: Did That's stupid. Did he uh, figure out the controls, or did he get one of the uh, remaining living uh, Starfleet members to open it? I don't know. But they're all open now. Right. So Atrocitus may have opened one, and then, you know, all the rest were opened by others. It doesn't matter. The main point yeah. is, it's open. And, uh... And now, like in the original Space Seat episode, you've got them all awake. Big problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where Con uh, alone was an absolute handful in Into Darkness. So now there's like, well, what's the number? I mean, there's a lot of them. Right. I what, there's the like, like 80, 70, no, yeah, oh. something
0: like that. I can't remember. Yeah,
1: I think it's it like in the 60s or 70s or something like that.
0: It's an odd number. It's like 88 or something. Yeah,
1: something like that. It's not an even Anyway, so with all the problems that Khan caused in Into Darkness, now multiply it by 80, 60, 70, whatever.
0: Now, Khan did have a a big, gigantic ship, so that that, (laughs) that helped a lot.
1: (laughs) Well, uh, yes. But as we will see, perhaps Khan obtains another ride, maybe. Right. Although
0: not a Dreadnought. A Dreadnought. Oh, is eye. that what is that? What kind of class the? Yep, the dreadnought. ship was. Yes, uh, the
1: Vengeance, the USS vengeance, yeah. vengeance, is a dreadnought class starship.
0: Nice kid, I didn't know that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, it's dreadnought. So what I want to know is who makes Atrocitus' clothes, <laughs> because all the other <laughs> lanterns somehow their normal clothes turn into. Green lantern uniforms, and as soon as the ring peters out, they're wearing their normal clothes again. Right. So here, Atrushus no longer has the ring, it's depowered, yet he's still wearing his uh, red lantern uniform.
1: Yeah, good point. Well, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe Pete, <laughs> I don't know, maybe those are, are his regular clothes. I don't know. Yeah,
0: that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, nothing I, says... I never liked the idea of them wearing clothes underneath the 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 Green Lantern uniform, or somehow the Green Lantern uniform was created from their clothes. Yeah, that's one thing I thought the movie actually I liked that uh, that the uniform is just created over their skin. Right. So it's it's kind of a construct itself. Right. Which you, you I mean. Makes sense because they, they can fly in space in it. It, need, it can't just be cloth or spandex. <laughs> but you've got the,
1: uh, the red or green glow around you or whatever color you happen to be.
0: Right. Right. Anywho. Well, good to see Khan. Very exciting. Yeah, I, I, was, I was surprised. I was not expecting that. No, and, I and wasn't expecting that. When it that happened, either. I was like, ooh, this is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well,
1: let me see. Do I have any? Let's see. I really didn't have a lot of comments. Okay, okay. Okay, well, here's, here's something. I, as I was reading the comic and the Manhunters were actually on the ship, mm-hmm. um, and actually really before that a little bit, too. It's like the Manhunters came before the Green Lantern Corps, and basically they're the good guys, right? Right. So they're going to be helping Kirk. In the end, they're going to be helping Kirk and Green Lantern. That's what I thought, because they are the good guys. So when they showed up on the hull of the Enterprise walking around, um, it was like, well, okay, this is artificial dread or something, because they're going to end up, I mean, they're the good guys, so (laughs) they're going to end up helping Kirk and company. And they're right. gonna need it because they got a bunch of uh Superman con guys to go up against, so um
0: that's what it seemed to me right, so yeah, I just know from from past history with the main hunters that they're not always good guys so, well, yeah, didn't so, it was an artificial dread for me. I was like, oh man they're they're about to get it well, okay, so
1: okay, so when they were. So the robots went rogue. Is that the deal in the original comics? Right. Okay, but they haven't gone rogue yet,
0: apparently. Right. Well, yeah. So this is the future, and yet in the future they haven't gone rogue yet in this universe. Okay, okay. Just to make it extra confusing.
1: (laughs) Right. Okay, so, well, we'll see what happens in the
0: next issue. Right. And just so that you know the design of the main hunters is quite a bit different than what uh what I'm used to this almost looks like a kind of a cross between a star trek version of what the main hunters would look like which is which is kind of cool oh okay well how are i mean
1: in a nutshell how are they different in, well these uh, in look the like
0: like they could be human humans inside some sort of weird armor type right, thing, right with cloth and stuff right. whereas the man hunters are very robotic looking in in the comic book. Oh okay.
1: So they really yeah. are like gleaming silver or something. Robot. Yeah, well
0: they they this color scheme but they're very like, you know, the the just the metal faces and stuff. No expression, no no mouth or nose to oh, okay. that looks somewhat reminiscent of humans. It's just we are robots. <laughs> you know, think think of the original Transformers from back when in the 80s. Mm-hmm. That kind of looking robot. Okay. Cool. Good. Thank you for telling me. So uh my, my question is are we supposed to know who this admiral is, this woman admiral?
1: I don't think so. They don't I, I don't didn't see anywhere where they mentioned her name. They didn't even mention her name. Right. Or at least I didn't see her name mentioned. So Well she's only in it for
0: like what one, one or two pages. Not that but, long. She's just doing yeah. a briefing. But they do a close up of her and I'm like, yeah, am I supposed to know who that is? So <laughs> but I, I couldn't figure it out, so I'm gonna go with no. Yeah, it's not Tyler Perry from the, uh, from ah! the original movie. N- no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Although they should have put him in there, that would have been a nice little nod. Yeah, but he he seemed more like the head of of the academy, so, right? Which is where they just were showing off. Well, and, I know, when but that's re- not. Went
1: out. I know, but I think he that, I, be I think omissions. I think
0: she exactly. I think yeah. she is Starfleet proper. She's not, you know, at the academy, right? I did like how she's like, you know, uh, you're not Starfleet, so I can't boss you around, but uh, I am going to just ask you for a favor. Yeah, exactly. And why why not if they're hanging around? Right. I mean, who's feeding those guys anyway? Yeah, what she should have said is, uh, I know that you're not going to be heroes for much longer because your rings are going to go out. But while you're useful. Yeah. (laughs) While you're useful, can you do us one little (laughs) favor? Exactly. Uh, All right. You ready to go on to issue number three?
1: I just wanted to mention that uh Hal Jordan's green jacket, his khaki green or dark green yeah, it's pretty cool, right? jacket that he's sporting. Yeah, it's you know, it's it's a hero jacket, so that that makes sense. Um I don't know why, but it kind of reminds me a little bit of in Next Gen, there in like the first season or something like that, there was like a roguish character that oh, came played
0: in played by uh Billy Yeah, exactly, that Colbert. guy what his name the what rocketeer, was
1: it the rocketeer, the guy that played the rocketeer, right? Um, anyway, it kind of reminded me a little bit of his uh, that character's uh, jacket,
0: right? It reminded me of the original Starbuck jacket. Oh, uh, yeah, from Battlestar Galactica. There you go, that too. The way the, I could the see clasps that. are, yeah, I could see that. So, anyways, I mean, you, you just named off three really cool characters, and you, we know Hal Jordan's cool, so. Yeah. <laughs> fits. It fits well, Hal's got to have to. He has to have a, a
1: cool outfit. Come on. Yeah, he's Hal. Yeah, he and it looks like he's got like maybe a Starfleet T-shirt on, and the.
0: Yeah, he's definitely wearing the uh, the under the undershirt. Exactly.
1: Uh I don't recognize that belt buckle, but it is rather large. Um, yeah.
0: Okay. Oh, that's his belt buckle. That's his belt He he brought the jacket and the belt buckle, and he's wearing the shirt. (laughs) Okay.
1: Okay, let's do the next one.
0: Number three. All right. All right, so issue number three. uh, This came out uh, probably February of 2016. Uh, Written by Mike Johnson. Art by Angel Hernandez. Colors by Mark Roberts. Really Mark Roberts. uh, Letters by Ann World Design. uh, Production Design. Neil Yutaki edits from the IDW people Chris Sarasi and Sarah Gados. Uh, the DC people is Jim Chadwick and Michael McAllister. So, this one has a few covers as well. Uh, the main cover by Angel Hernandez uh, shows the whole of the Enterprise, and we see uh, all of the displaced DC heroes battling some manhunters. So, um, I'm not going to name them all. You know who they are. Uh, the RI cover is by Aaron Harvey, and it's uh, it's kind of an interesting one. So basically it's a black cover with the outline of a Green Lantern logo on it. And then in the middle of the Green Lantern logo, which is usually a little circle, is actually the Enterprise's saucer section with the rest of the Enterprise um, coming down from that at a 90-degree angle towards the bottom. And then uh, kind of in front of that is the silhouette of a Green Lantern uh, with his arm outstretched flying. So it's kind of like a Green Lantern on top of the Enterprise on top of a giant Green Lantern logo. It's interesting. All right. Then the subcover is by uh, Sandra Lance. Lands. And uh, this picture is kind of a mirror image of itself. Uh, so the left side shows Kirk. And the Enterprise, and then the right side shows Hal Jordan and a Green Lantern Lantern. Alright, so the story starts with the army of Manhunters attacking the Enterprise. Uh, Hal and Carol use their rings to suit up and travel into space to confront them. Hal speaks to them and lets them scan his ring to prove that he too is from Oa. The Manhunters take this the wrong way. They assume that Hal must have somehow stolen this deck from the Guardians, and they attack the duo. Inside the Enterprise, Kirk orders a narrow-beamed tractor beam to freeze all of the individual Manhunters in their place. This somehow works, and the Manhunters cannot move at all, yet Hal and Ferris are able to move freely between them. Elsewhere, Khan is examining the red ring that he took off of the unconscious Atrocitus. He and his Superman have Guy, John Stewart, and Kilowog surrounded. Khan wonders how long he's been asleep this time, now that humans and aliens are using power rings. He puts on the ring and nothing happens. Guy stupidly says that the ring will not work as long as Atrocitus is still alive. Khan quickly crushes the former leader of the Red Lanterns' Skull, with his boot, and then the ring chooses him to become the new Red Lantern. On Kronos, Sinestro has finished a suit of armor that he made from the remains of the Manhunter that he stole from Kirk and Hal. He's going to use the suit, plus the remaining power from his yellow ring and Larfreeze's orange ring to find Oa at the center of the universe. Lar Freeze agrees to help and gives him his ring, but he tells Sinestro that he has a price. Meanwhile, on the hollowed-out asteroid, the augmented Superman and the red-powered Khan quickly overtake Guy, Jon Stewart, and Kilowog. Khan promises his newly awakened people that the future is theirs for the taking. Meanwhile, on the Enterprise, Hal is trying to convey the risk to Oa to the Manhunters if Sinestro is able to get there first. The Manhunters' programming does not allow this to be a possibility and keeps focusing on how did Hal get the tech from Oa? The interrogation is cut short when Kirk is informed of a distress call from the USS Bryant, which is the ship that the other Green Lanterns were on. The Enterprise quickly arrives to the hollowed-out asteroid, and they find the bloody carnage. Of the uh, crew members there. Khan then appears and welcomes Kirk. And he is glad to see that his distress call had the desired effect. Meanwhile, on Kronos, Larfreeze is enjoying being co-leader of the entire empire. And being waited on by these once proud warrior people. Meanwhile, at the center of the universe, Sinestro arrives to Oa. To be continued.
1: What? Wait a minute! He made it. He made it. Oh, they're up feces creek without a way of locomotion now. There is a
0: fan, and something's hit it, Ken.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh well, we got to find out what's next. Yep. Just what they didn't want happened.
0: Not today.
1: Wow. In the meantime, while while our heroes are being
0: delayed with uh, dealing with Khan and company. Great. Yeah, Khan looks pretty dang evil in that suit with the glowing red eyes. and. Yeah, oh, Khan looks great. <laughs> I mean, all the
1: ring energy is kind of like fiery around him or something, you know, kind of. Right. Yeah,
0: he, he looks nasty. Nasty, wicked powerful. Yeah, I really like the artwork in all, all of these books. Mm-hmm. I, I love that it's a... It's it's kind of a combination of what a, a li- live action Green Lantern stuff would look like, right? Which I know we've seen live action Green Lanterns a couple times, but right, uh, but it's kind of like I I don't know. It's a good mashup. It, it 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 doesn't look like it's just the comic book people talking to quote unquote real actors, you know? Which some of the like the X Men one was like that. You had somebody that looked kind of like William Shatner talking to somebody that looked like the cartoon of yeah. Cyclops, right? So uh, here it all, it all melds well, yeah. at least to me. It, does. it all
1: kind of matches.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Very good. Okay, so uh, I thought it was kind of odd on the cover that uh, St. Walker is fighting with uh, Hal and the other Lanterns on the Hall of the Enterprise. Right. So that was odd. Um, yeah, that, th- did, that didn't really happen. No, it didn't, which is another thing that annoys me. So um, you end the, the issue number two with the Manhunters already on the Enterprise hull walking towards, uh, you know, you figure getting inside the tin can. Mm-hmm. And then you start this issue where they're not on the hull at all. They're actually at a distance, like firing their uh, their hand beams or whatever at the Enterprise so it's like, come on, how about some consistency here, shall we?
0: Right. Well, if they were already on the hole then uh, Chekhov couldn't do his magic narrow beam tractor beam. Yeah. <laughs> that was so stupid. Well. How does that work? Yeah, that, that went ahead and just
1: deactivated them or something, or held them in stasis or something. Right. right Kept right. them from moving. Yeah, I don't know. But at least... At least the Star Trek folks are doing something useful.
0: Right. That's handy every yeah. once in a while. So, like, that cover really really drove home that, oh, uh, well, this is more of a Green Lantern story than a Star Trek one. It's more like Star Trek's just there for scenery, yeah. you know, in that, especially in that cover. And then sometimes in the book itself, too. Yeah. Which is why I like that uh, Khan is now the Red Lantern cuz then it then it has more star trek stuff mixed in. Right. Yep.
1: Of course the Star Trek. Nasty guy, but uh, he is a cool cool uh villain. So Sinestro, you know, putting mm-hmm. on like the outer shell of the um of the Manhunter. I thought that was odd. So that's somehow Giving him navigational abilities? I mean,
0: I don't get it. Well, the Manhunters are somehow able to teleport from uh, great distances. Yeah. Right? Right. So, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking it's supposed to be more than just the shell, although it does look like he's just wearing the exact same costume. But yeah. I'm assuming there's more, more to it that, uh, that he took off of the Manhunter to give him some more flight capabilities and transporter capabilities. Right. Well, I know that's what they're trying to get across. I just find it odd. But yeah, visually-wise, it looks like he just took off his clothes and put them on himself. Uh, Exactly.
1: Right. Apparently, the clothes have some kind of mechanism, too.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You see these uh, these boots? Those are transwarp boots. Exactly. They're made for flying. (laughs) And you could still put your foot in them. It's not like it's all just metal, like if you were a real robot. Uh, Exactly. No, no, not at all. Yeah, good point. So, what happened to Saint Walker's ring? Did he did he take it off of him? Because Saint Walker's just been knocked out this whole time. Right? I know
1: he's been kind of useless. Right, oh, but so, no, but they didn't take the ring off. They left the ring on. Because wasn't why wasn't atroc or wasn't uh, Larfleeze trying to maybe take the ring?
0: Oh, that's right. And Snatcha was like, "Leave it alone." I-. Yeah. So maybe so he's got something else planned. Right. So, number one, why do you leave the
1: ring on St. Walker? I mean, what why if I he. Keep what Saint if. Alive? Exactly. I mean, anyway. So, I mean, and if you really wanted that much power, well, why not take um, St. Walker's ring, too? Exactly. That way you'd have three rings worth of power. That's got to be better than two.
0: Anyway. Kind of wondered. Um. So and I don't think Larflees would ever give up his ring. I mean, he's he's greed. So I don't. I mean, I can't imagine anything Sinestro could have given him that would make him give up that power. Yeah, I agree. But
1: he is greed, so he is, and now apparently gluttony, because he's uh, stuffing himself real good on uh, Klingon cuisine at the end. Right. Yeah, I agree. But he needed the power, so they had to do it. Right. Yeah.
0: So what happened to the rings that, um, like, Chekhov and Ahura and McCoy had in the previous series? I know at one point, Spot wielded them all and became a White Lantern, but um, did they get destroyed after that? Once they defeated Necros? That's a really good question.
1: Um... The rings they had, they came from – where would they come from? Dead lanterns? Uh,
0: Gan- Gantheth brought them, remember? When he, when he came over, he came over with those five rings or oh, right, right, six right, rings right, or something right. like that. Yeah, good question. And later we found out that other Green Lanterns themselves came over. Right, right. Okay, so maybe
1: they're sitting around there and boom. When the times get really tough, uh, we'll see.
0: Uh, and <laughs> they're going to bring them back we'll out. We'll see
1: lantern powered um, Chekov again and Uhura. Right. That would be kind of weak.
0: Yeah, that would. Because be I
1: pencil. think I think they should have used it by now in a few situations. If they had right,
0: when, yeah, when Hal Jordan and them are dying out in the space. Exactly. You know what? Why don't you use this pink? Yeah, especially the Star Sapphire one. Yeah, it. They must have been destroyed when Spock used it to key, to destroy. Uh, Necros. I guess so. I hope Must so. Have. I'm going to go back and check before we do the next one. That's a good question, though. Very good question.
1: Anyways. So, uh, Guy Gardner is kind of a mouthy
0: idiot, isn't he? Oh, yeah. He's a mouthy idiot.
1: Oh, man. Uh, Khan, the ring the ring uh, you use. I mean, you can't use the ring as long as troast is alive, idiot. What's wrong with you? And <laughs> <laughs> He just squashes his head. <laughs> It's like, you idiot! I mean, anyway. You kind of think a step ahead,
0: guy. Anyway. Yeah, he's never been known for tactical thinking. (laughs) Yeah, well. Okay, so I thought that was odd. So I thought that. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, you go. Nah, 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 go ahead. I was going to take us on a tangent, and we don't need to go there.
1: I really like when uh, when Khan comes into contact and he's got his, you know, his glowy ring now and everything. He says, shall we continue? So, as opposed to shall we begin? So that was a, a nice little reference to uh, In the Darkness, I thought.
0: Oh, yeah. When does he say shall we begin? When he's... Oh, In the, in the, in the Darkness? Yeah, when... <clears throat> Uh was
1: that was that when he was on uh the vengeance bridge? I think so. Cuz that's when he mm. was full on a uh, villain. Okay. I
0: think. I'm going to try to have a uh, marathon and rewatch all all three movies back to back to back. Oh, okay. Fine. I haven't I, I still haven't seen Beyond more than twice. And I'm like I, I want to watch it but I can never find the time to watch anything. No, oh, That's a good one. <laughs> You got to make like time,
1: it. right? Everybody talks about how it was a, such a horrible movie and ranks it at the bottom. Yeah, like even behind Star Trek V. Sorry. No. Disagree.
0: Oh, no. Not, a, not at all. It's better than Star Trek V. Yeah. I don't think it was better than the other two of the rebooted movies.
1: Oh, I'll agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you may. <laughs> I know you look like the, like the original 2009 movie. Uh, batter, number one uh, for the reboot ones. Well, mm-hmm. That's fine. But definitely, I do think uh, Beyond and uh, the original movie was better than Into Darkness. But still, I still enjoyed Into Darkness.
0: Right. Uh, anyway. I've liked them all. I, I, I've enjoyed all the movies. Yeah. Um, just, you know, like with the Star Wars movies, Star Trek movies, you. you you can like them all, but you're gonna if you- try, if you're forced to rank them, something has to be on the bottom. oh yeah it doesn't, yeah. doesn't mean you hate the movie. it just means that out of all the other ones it it happens to be the your least favorite yeah, but Star Trek Five was pretty bad. <laughs> it wasn't even Star Trek Five, I enjoy <laughs> Star
1: Trek Five was the season three of the movies.
0: Season three. Oh, oh, oh. Of Toss. I was thinking season two of The Next Gen. Uh, it was a, a combination of
1: Spock's brain and um, <laughs> what was the last one where Kirk's, uh, Kirk switches uh, with the, body with a woman? With the woman. Uh, yeah. I don't remember. Anyway, so it's like that.
0: Hmm. I don't think it's quite that bad, but okay. <laughs> God, Spock's brain! Oh my God!
1: Anyway, uh, anyway, so uh, what a high Starfleet body count! jeez
0: yeah, that whole that whole space station. Oh yeah,
1: and they were they were ripped up pretty bad, and then the entire crew of the Bryant. And quite frankly, let's recall from the original. Okay, so hopefully everybody got away, but from the issue number one. That entire space station, uh, Star, Starbase, got nuked in the end. I mean, they delayed it, and you saw a lot of uh, ships, shuttles, leaving the, uh, the Starbase in, in issue number one. But ultimately, all those asteroids came in and just totally obliterated it. Right. So right. if everybody didn't get out, you know, there's more people there, too. Um,
0: ouch. Ouch. Yeah, like I said, the Star Trek people are almost like cannon fodder in this one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then it's like, we got to wait for the Green Lanterns to help us. <laughs>
1: exactly. They're they're powerless. They are uh, – uh, who, who are the grunts in Halo? I think
0: the little guys. Grunts.
1: They're grunts. Are are they grunts? Okay, well, the little guys with the uh, little breathers on, rebreathers oh, yeah, or the, something. Yeah. Whatever they right. are.
0: Yeah, well, humans call them grunts. They're called the uh, – ungali or something like oh, okay. that. Okay, so well that
1: U. that's the starfleet people. They they're them.
0: <laughs> that's them. That's exactly. Yeah. Funny.
1: Yeah, so uh Khan gets another ship. There you go. Not nearly as big. No. No, but when you think back to um Wrath of Khan. The original Wrath of Khan, I mean that, you know, that's that's about on a par. With, um, with Reliant. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. So I expect a little, uh, I expect upcoming a little bit more Starfleet or ship, ship to ship, uh, battle going on.
0: Right. All right. So the Enterprise didn't go back to that asteroid. They went back to just the, the Bryant. So he probably took the Bryant somewhere and then made the distress call. Was that Khan's plan? And I, uh, missed that step um i think so mm, okay i'm going back so all that all that all those dead bodies those were the bryant crew not the uh not the uh, space station crew oh well they got all ripped up too oh wait right. oh i see what you're saying though. the ones that kirk and them see yes and they're like walking around in the puddles yep because uh, you know the
1: Con leaves the asteroid thing, right in the uh, in the time
0: tunnel. See, I didn't know what that was. I- I'll be honest. When I read that page, I was like, "What the heck? Where is he?" And it <laughs> says, "The future awaits us." Woohoo! And I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. I hope the next page tells me. And I turn the page, and Kirk's talking to a main hunter out in space, and I'm like, "Oh, guess I'm not going to get that explanation." Okay, so he was taking a tunnel from the space station to the ship. Instead of just beaming them over somehow?
1: Yeah, it was some uh green lantern some lantern thing. Some lantern magic. Okay. Lantern magic. Because he was I mean he took all sixty or seventy or whatever number. He took all of his people up. Which he could do that. He can he can create
0: little force fields to keep them safe, but what's the tunnel thing? I don't know.
1: I mean they could have they could have just shown him going through space or something, but no.
0: Yeah, what would have They did the that. time tunnel thing. Right. Yeah, I don't know. All right. So, yeah, all right. So he took them to the tunnel, into the ship, took the ship somewhere else, made the distress call, Kirk came running, and then he's so nice to see you again.
1: <laughs> Shall we continue?
0: All right. All right. Thank you,
1: Khan. Hello, Kirk. Spock. That's funny.
0: Okay. Well, that looks pretty nasty. Oh, you know what's gonna happen. What? Hal Jordan's gonna die. And <laughs> they're gonna use some con blood to bring Hal Jordan back to life. Oh boy, is that what it is? And then, and then Jordan and Kirk are gonna be like, hey, "We're blood brothers now." Hmm. Yeah. No? N- probably not. Well, Wouldn't that be they're... weak if they did that again? <laughs>
1: yeah. How are they gonna get con blood uh, through the red ring? I guess they could. No, it's not gonna happen. Doesn't matter. It's not gonna happen. I hope not. Yeah.
0: (laughs) All right. What else do you got for this? I'm thoroughly enjoying it, um, but uh, I don't really have that much more to say. No, neither do I.
1: It's good. I like where it's headed. Obviously, the um, number of combatants is increasing. So uh, the stakes are getting higher. So it's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know. The big fights we'll have in the coming issues with, uh, you know, Manhunters and Superman and uh, Green Lanterns and Red Lanterns or whatever, and maybe a fully-recharged
0: Sinestro. Right. Maybe. Well, he's going to be a Green—is it going to be a Green Lantern Sinestro again? But they wouldn't have even had the power battery yet, so well, but I don't know. Exactly. I do what why... he's planning on doing once he gets there. Well, how do you know they don't have the battery? Well, I mean, well, you don't know
1: for sure. They could have yeah, early but... prototypes. Sure, sure. Maybe good enough to charge the ring enough. Right. But it would know. be a green ring and not a yellow ring. Well, okay, so where does the yellow ring... Okay, so where does Sinestro get his yellow ring and his yellow lantern? I guess he's got a yellow lantern, right? Right. Um, so where did that come from? From
0: the alternate negative dimension. Ooh, where... wow. So he was... And the original continuity, he was from that other dimension and he came to our dimension as the Yellow Ring bearer. Okay. But then they rebooted it a few times and then he was originally a Green Lantern and then that he back. found this Yellow Lantern from the alternate dimension and oh. it became the Yellow Lantern oh. and created the Sinestral Core. Mm-hmm. So, long story short, the Yellow Lantern technically is not on OA. It's. In the other universe. Oh, interesting. Okay. Which which he did say he couldn't access in issue number one. When he when he spent like three pages talking to himself for no reason. He's like, hey, reader, in case you don't know, I am from another galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> which was nice because the reader needed to know these things. But then you think about it in context. I'm like, okay, you just sit there and talk to yourself about that. Yep. Kind of weird. Anyways, yeah, that's going to be interesting.
1: Oh, ah, if only so that I can stop talking to myself. So that's, but I, I must calls take himself on it. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but I must take action, if only so that I can stop talking to myself. <laughs> nice. Anyway, so all right. So thank you very much for the. Uh, The origin info on Sinestro. I was not aware of of that.
0: There's always more than one. Exactly.
1: So, Donovan, what's on the docket for the next thrill-packed episode?
0: Well, ideally, we would do four, five, and six of this uh, Star Trek: Green Lantern crossover. But uh, only five has been released so far, so we're still waiting on six to come out. Okay. So, as a little Passover or a little little thing to keep us in the in the same mindset but uh while we're waiting for the next one we're going to do another crossover but this time star trek gets left behind but it'll be green lantern and planet of the apes oh my gosh this is breaking new ground isn't it
1: i mean we've never done something that's not star trek never I mean, that's that's completely not star trek we've never done that before
0: never once in all of these years can have we not done star trek at oh point. boy okay Okay, well, this is kind of weird, but
1: at least we're kind of in a Green Lantern uh, mode, so I guess this makes sense.
0: Right. And Star Trek has crossed over with Planet of the Apes and Green Lantern, so it's not like they're not somehow related. If you really want to think about it, really, really want it, really indirectly, (laughs) really indirectly.
1: (laughs) And by the way, what possible sense could it make? For Planet of the Apes to overlap with – crossover with Green Lantern. What kind of sense does that make? I can't I, – I don't know. All um, I can say is comic book authors are incredibly creative.
0: When when I saw the, the ad for the Green Lantern Star Trek crossover, and yeah. it showed like, a, like this rubble. And it showed one of the ape's hands kind of sticking out of the rubble. Yeah. And then in the background you can see the green lanterns like flying towards this hand uh-huh. and on that mangled up hand is a green lantern ring. Oh! I was hooked. I was like, "Oh my god." Oh my god. Gonna see. You're kidding me.
1: There's going to uh, be a green a, an ape green lantern now?
0: It must be. I don't know. Oh I mean, wow. We, Why not? I, I
1: mean, I suppose so.
0: Why not? Yeah. So, yeah, it's part of the same universe. If uh, Hal Jordan could be the Earth uh, Green Lantern of the 20th century, then maybe uh, Cornelius will be the Green Lantern of the you know, 22nd century or whatever, however far in the future that was supposed to be. <laughs> oh, God. This
1: is interesting. Okay. Whatever. I'm sure Dr. Zayas is not going to get a ring. But what about the ape guy? with general – what's his name? Uh, I don't know. the monk, The gorilla? The gorilla guy, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, General A something. I don't know. Okay, his but... name was Gorilla Man. Gorilla? No, it wasn't. Um, but whatever, whatever. General, what's his name's? I mean, he'd make a good villain, uh, all hyped up and uh, Green Lanternized. Or so should I? Excited, or should I say yellow?
0: It's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and then probably the next week after that, we'll we'll finish off the, the Star Trek. Um, the Star Trek Green Lantern crossover because we'll have all six issues by then okay sounds good we'll do that that's a plan alright I'm looking forward to it excellent alright until then hope everyone enjoys their week and uh, go ahead and watch all the movies back to back to back to back like I'm going to exactly that's a that's a homework assignment exactly thanks for joining
1: us everybody on the
0: review bye (laughs) bye
1: thank you for listening to Star Trek comic book review all Star Trek stories and characters are copyrighted CBS Studios Incorporated all music stories and characters discussed are for entertainment purposes only you can email us at star t comic book review at gmail.com visit us